We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest is flipped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, February 22nd, 2019. Alex Berutha here next to Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K. Trankreitz. All aboard! This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, the Rotowire website. We would appreciate a nice review. So, uh, as always, we're going to jump into some news to start things off, but the more broad topic that we're going to cover uh is sneaky trade targets uh before your fantasy basketball trade deadline um but i guess to kick things off last night uh thursday my milwaukee bucks beat ken celtics in a 98 97 slugfest right out of the all-star break where everyone forgot how to shoot a basketball (laughs) uh it was it was it was playoff intensity uh despite that fact uh ken have the bucks successfully crushed your soul (laughs) that game could have gone either way last night uh 
you're right. Nobody could shoot, the, especially the first half. Oh, it's terrible. Um, you know, Boston only shot six free throws. There were two fouls alone on the last play where Celtics are going for the win. They they tackled Morris on the baseline, and Bledsoe just crushed uh, Kyrie on the drive. But you know, it's the last play of the game. The refs swallow their uh, swallow their whistles. I'll say this though, man. I know you guys get to enjoy it every night, but I got to give Mike Budenholzer credit. That they're such a better offensive team than when Jason Kidd was at the helm, which maybe is stating the obvious. But boy, they are so good at making the extra pass. A lot of people don't realize Giannis averages six dimes a game. Um, really impressed with the Bucks, And, you know, we got a little glimmer of Miritich in his first game. Classic Miritich drained two clutch threes and then just took some horribly ill-advised, like, six feet <laughs> off the line three early in the shot clock, where even the Bucks were like, oh, really? Oh, right. He does. Oh, yeah, he does that, right? That might be a problem. But uh, great game. Shannon, you think this is a preview of the Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals? No. Absolutely not. Uh, it's going to depend on the seeding for the playoffs, but I just, right now, <clears throat> Boston's the fifth seed. They're a game behind Philadelphia, game and a half behind the Pacers. Pacers. So, I mean, the best they can do is get up to three. They're not going to be, and, and really, I, whether they're, I don't know, man. I, I don't see I don't see Boston beating Philadelphia in the first round even. So I know it's I even I, though they won in Philly. I know. Philly I, and I know Harris. I know Horford dominates in bead. I get it. I if I were to pick and it maybe it's it's just maybe I just hate Boston that much, which is, is definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> but I'm I would side with Philly right now in, in the first round. If now if Boston gets to the three seed, and then they get lucky, and the matchups work out for them. It's possible. It's possible. You know, maybe Toronto gets upset early, or you know, Philly gets upset by the Pacers. Whatever it may be, if that's the four or five, like then there's a scenario where it could be Eastern Conference Finals. But right now, I can't put. I cannot put Boston there right now. It's Toronto and Milwaukee. I knew you were going to bash Boston, which is why I queued you up. I wanted to give you that that opportunity. <laughs> Um, staying in the East, Kevin Love returned last night from his toe woes for the Cavs, posting uh, 16 points, 11 boards, and assists with three trays. Big win over those Phoenix Suns. Uh, Love played 22 minutes. He's still on a minutes restriction, though. Guys, uh, Cavs also get Tristan Thompson any day now. Does Larry Nance, is he still valuable? I would say yes. Um, I think Tristan Thompson's just going to take Ante Zizic's minutes. Uh, Zizic started this game. He's been starting for a while, played 26 minutes. So I'm really not worried too much about Nance. I mean, he got 29 minutes last night because even though he's not really a shooter, uh, he can he played 29 minutes last night, can play some power forward. You know, they can slot Kevin Loving at center. It still works out. Um, I mean, Nance is, is one of the better, I guess, um, I want to call him a no-name guy. But typical NBA fans not really going to know who Larry Nance is, and he's doing some really solid stuff in in Cleveland. I think he's he's good fantasy pickup still. Yeah, I still like oh. I still like him. Um, I, I'm heavily invested in Nance. I even just traded for him in one of my expert leagues like a week ago, <clears throat> knowing that you had Thompson coming back. Love obviously is going to continue to get more minutes. I just feel like with with Nance, even if he's only seeing 24 to 28 minutes per game. He's still going to put up a good line, yeah. And, and it it all depends on your needs. I mean, if you if you need rebounds and steals, 
then he's a great guy to pick up or trade for. But yeah, even even with the minutes coming down some, he should be steady in those categories. If you uh if you force yourself to watch a Cavaliers game, you'll notice that they run a lot of their offense through Larry Nance. He touches the ball a lot uh, when isn't he's that, and in Isn't the that game. one of the youth punishments in Milwaukee? Do you have to watch a Cavs game? Yeah, uh, just really any other Central something. Division team other than the Pacers. It's <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> a punishment. Um, but yeah, he, he just touches the ball a lot. That's, that's a great sign for fantasy value. So like Shannon said, he doesn't need too many minutes uh, to be fantasy relevant. So... Uh, if you have Larry Nance, would not be worried about it. Yeah, and even just to reiterate the fact that he doesn't need many minutes, you know, on the season, he's had some peaks, but on the season, he's only averaging 26 minutes per game, and that's good enough for, for ranked 77th in 8th category leagues on Yahoo. So, you know, I think the 25, 26 minutes is still a given, even after Thompson's return, um, and with that, you're getting 9, 8, 1.5 steals. Yep, and... In that same game, uh, Kelly Oubre was moved into the starting lineup at the expense of Mikel Bridges, uh, which is a reminder that the Washington Wizards traded away <laughs> Kelly Oubre for the 33-year-old Trevor Ariza, Genius. and then they later traded away the the young Otto Porter um, <laughs> for like more young rebuilding pieces. The Otto Porter thing's a little more that convoluted because away. of a contract. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I was, I was as low on Ubre as anybody else, but now that trade looks so much worse, uh, oh, in, yeah. in hindsight, uh, do you, I mean, do you guys feel this does, does this change your opinion of Kelly Ubre at all fantasy wise? Is this, uh, is this damning for Mikhail Bridges or is this something that ultimately may, it, it doesn't really alter your opinion too much on any of these Suns players. I feel like Kelly Oubre is a microcosm of the D'Angelo Russell um, example where if you have a talented guy and you get him out of a bad coaching situation to a good or even just a better coaching situation slash opportunity, you just can't bail on on them when bail on them when they're young. There's plenty of quality minutes in Phoenix. Uh, Absolutely love Oubre right now. This, yeah, it doesn't change. It reinforces my belief in Ubre. Sure. Um, I, I was, I've got him in our staff keeper league. He's been absolutely fantastic. I mean, even before the start, uh, you look at the past 19 games and he's averaging 18.4, 5.4, 1. 1.6 steals, 1. 1.1 blocks, 1.8 three pointers. Like, had a 12 rebound game. Had a 12 yeah. rebound game against the Warriors. That's crazy. That type of production <laughs> is crazy good. Like he's basically he's been a top 30 fantasy player for the past 20, 19 games. So this just reinforces it. I I I'm surprised they took Bridges out of the lineup, um, considering he has a long term outlook with that Suns team. So we'll see if it sticks. I, I do think. Even if they reinsert Bridges, they might be able to make some other tweaks to the lineup. You know, have Booker be the full-time point guard. Maybe take some minutes away from Josh Jackson. I don't know what what they'll do. We'll have to see. But I do think Ubre's locked in to getting you know around thirty minutes a game the rest of the way. Um, and with that, as we've seen the past month or two, it comes great production. You know, it's the Ubre story. Washington had him for three plus years, so shame on them for not knowing what they had. It's also an example of like 
like the but the terrible things that magic do you just don't don't load up at the same position because it leads to bad decisions it leads to dealing a victor aladipo because you got too many wings it you know it's it's just ugh. well i'm gonna rant later about the washington situation uh well you can have the floor right now still uh because of <laughs> <laughs> because of Joel yeah, Embiid. Staying, yeah, back to the east. Uh Joel Embiid is really news broke about 2-3 days ago but out for at least a week with a knee injury. Uh Sixers still get the win over the Heat last night. Boban, big game, 19 points, 12 boards, one block. I picked up, up in a, I picked him up in a league just in case the Embiid news gets worse. Uh, guys, how concerned are you about Joel? I'm not. Uh, I'm not too concerned. Um, you know, I think him. He's played a lot of minutes this season. Uh, I think more than a lot of people would have expected from him, considering his injury history. And so, I think with that, uh, it's it's not too surprising that he's dealing with some knee soreness, and that um, he. I mean, he probably should take a few games off anyway. But um, overall, he got he got an MRI, no structural damage, so that's that's the main thing for me. So he'll probably be out for a week, maybe two at the very most. Um, the 76ers probably shouldn't be too concerned overall because they're I mean they're essentially locked into the playoffs, uh, and obviously they'd like to have a higher seed, but um, yeah, they're going to be cautious as possible with Embiid. So overall, I'm not I'm not too worried. Yeah, my guess is if they were battling for a playoff spot or if this were the playoffs he would be playing right now, um, I don't I don't have any insider insight there. That's just kind of my 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 gut feeling on this injury news. I, I'm not concerned long term. Um, Boban is fun. Hopefully you had him in your DFS lineup last night. I did. Uh, made that last minute switch. Uh, the one thing about Boban though, he did play 27 minutes, so that's good. But he gets he doesn't he can't really play a ton of minutes, right? Like he gets, he gets yeah. too exhausted. It's tired. Ex- it's tiring. Watch them. It I'm is. I'm exhausted watching him move. Yeah. And, and I mean, he can get exposed. Teams will switch up. You know, Miami will, will cut minutes for white side and, and bring in someone who's, who's smaller and more athletic. Um, you know, with Boban, he had most, most of that production came in the first quarter. Uh, he had like 11 and seven after the first quarter. So, you know, I, it's, I would be surprised if he averages 27 minutes per game when Embiid's out. Um, I think it's probably going to be scaled back a little bit and be more like 24. Um, but even with 24 minutes, I mean, his per-minute production is pretty stellar. So he, he's worth a short-term flyer while, while Embiid's out. Guys, if you're a Sixers fan, are you upset he played 20, that, that Embiid played 23 minutes in the All-Star game? I mean, I hate All-Star games. I think they should all be replaced <laughs> with end-of-season award shows. Maybe you add a dunk contest to the award show for the NBA. But if you're a Sixers fan, aren't you upset Embiid played 23 minutes in that All-Star game? Well, that's sort of because that's that's actually my guess. Is My guess here is that if he weren't a member, if he weren't a part of the All-Star festivities, he probably would have played last night. I think they just, you know, yeah, he had a little bit of knee soreness. They saw, you know, he partook in the All-Star game. So they're like, well, we're going to well, give you some time off now. If he had a week off for the All-Star game and didn't do anything – I think that probably would have just been his time off and he would have been fine. Yeah, it's um, 23 minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but it's, you know, a guy like Embiid, um, you would, you'd prefer to maybe see like 10 or 15 minutes out of him. Um, the All-Star game is more for like the guards and the, the highly athletic wing players anyway. Um, so, 
yeah, I think I think I, I understand. I would understand if I was a Sixers fan, and uh, you know, would not. It's not a good look. I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Alex, take us finally for some West Coast news. So Bogdan Bogdanovich, um, finally, I suppose, has moved into the starting lineup for Sacramento, uh, which prompted a shift of Harrison Barnes to power forward, which I think is is a better position for him. Um, ultimately, it was a loss to the Golden State Warriors. I think, uh, uh, let me know if you guys agree, is this essentially an end to the Nemanja Bielitsa era, saga, um, <laughs> experience? Bye-bye, big shots. Bye-bye. Oh, experience is probably the best word, yeah. Uh, bye-bye, Professor Big Shots. I mean, it probably should have happened a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple months ago, maybe. I mean, Bogdanovich is future key part for the Kings, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know his exact health scenario coming back, but it seems like this was long overdue. What do you think, Shannon? Yeah, the Bielitsa thing, it's been confusing since they signed him. Um, I mean, even <laughs> when they signed him, it was like, why Why are you doing this? Because you basically, I mean, he remember, he had signed with the Sixers and then said, no, nah, I'm going to play overseas instead. Yeah. And then the Kings were like, well, why don't you come play for us? We'll give you we'll give you tons of minutes. Like, they had to have promised that uh, to get him to come back from overseas, which made no sense. They had already – you had Giles, who, who was going to be healthy this year. You had Bagley that you just drafted over guys like Luka and Trey Young and all these other players. Why would you then bring in another guy to play power forward, a, a guy who really shouldn't be a part of your long-term fi- fi- future? So this is – this is this is not surprising. I'm I'm surprised it took this long. Um, if you have Bogdanovich, congrats. He's going to be fantastic the rest of the way. Um, he's been a sneaky source of steals. He gets assists, decent rebounds for a guy his size. But I mean, not not great numbers. But like he's going to be 15, 16 points, four or five rebounds, four or five assists, a steal and a half, some three pointers. Like there's just steady all around production from him. Right, and um, I guess a, something about Bogdanovich that people may not realize, especially if you're if you're playing a dynasty league, he's actually 26. He was a draft and stash in the 2014 draft, so he's a, he's a pretty old sophomore. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Where if you know it's 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 pretty easy just to slip, you know, not realize it. Euro League MVP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was the original Luca. Imagine the starting five. Maybe. Imagine this five if it has Luca, the power forward, instead of Barnes. You know, I'm still. You know, can Giles and Willie Cauley Stein? It seems like it could have worked, but well, Bagley seems a little redundant. No, Bagley is Bagley's totally legit. Uh, If you watch the Kings, you'll see it right right away. And he's been he's been playing really well off their bench. Um, He he's getting better at uh, stretching the floor. He's a great rebounder. He's playing defense better than what, you know, he still makes rookie mistakes on that end, but he's he's ragging up defensive stats better than I think most people would have expected. Um, I, I personally, I think he's further ahead of where I expected him to be at this stage of his career. And if he were getting, if he were getting 32 minutes per game right now, I think he would be, he would be the clear number two candidate in the rookie of the year race this year. I do, I do believe that based on his permanent production. Um, but you know, you, do you condone taking Bagley over Doncic? Absolutely not. No, of course, uh, of course not. <laughs> like there, there's no that makes no sense. But Bagley is totally <laughs> legit and like looks like a future All Star. 
He's 19 years old. Yeah. That too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an important part of the equation here. Um, they're going to turn 20 very soon, but still. I mean, yeah, he, he probably would be uh, number two because the Suns are a joke. Um, so that doesn't really help Aiden's case. And I know, like, wins for rookie of the year isn't always the most important thing. But, you know, the, the Kings might make the playoffs. And, yeah, like you said, if Bagley was getting 30 minutes a night, the stats would, would match up. And so. I, I love Aiden. I love Aiden more than most. And... If but if if Bagley were seeing as many minutes as Aiton and played the same type of role, if he were playing thirty one minutes per game, oh, he sure. would have he would have better stats than Aiton does right now. Yeah, um, weird weird stat. Durant seven blocks, uh, almost a triple double via blocks, rebounds and points for Durant. Um, and give it credit to the Kings; they only lost by two in Golden State. Uh, the Warriors Warriors bench only fourteen points. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're but they have some decent starters. <laughs> they do. They have some solid starters. Um, yeah, I guess I guess one one quick thing to bring up about the Warriors and the news came out uh, yesterday that Demarcus Cousins is quote unquote in the next phase of his recovery and is not expected to be limited to twenty five minutes about anymore. Um, mm-hmm. He only played twenty seven minutes in this game, but I think uh, you know fantasy owners moving forward should. Um, expect Cousins to be on the upper end of the 20-minute-per-game spectrum and could cross the threshold of 30 minutes uh, sooner than later. He had a great game in this one, 17-10 and 10 with three assists. His per-36 numbers are pretty close to what he was doing last season, which is really impressive. Um, but, yeah, I just I just wanted to drop that note in there in case uh, people hadn't heard. Um, but uh, our friends at DraftKings... I uh, want you guys to know that obviously basketball season is here and it's about two thirds of the way through the season just after the all-star break. So teams are, are ramping up for the playoffs. Um, and here at Rotowire, obviously we've partnered up with DraftKings and we are giving away Rotowire six month memberships for free. So just go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account, make a $10 deposit or more. And what that gets you is six-month access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com, so not just basketball. You'll get DFS lineup optimizers, weekly rankings, premium articles, full-season draft software, and much more, all for $10. Including all, the, uh, including all your baseball prep, right? All your baseball prep, um, which, is, which is really important. Um, and then you can take that $10 uh, that, that you've invested, enter it into contest to potentially win more money, uh, go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions there. Disclaimer, eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. So we are approaching most uh, fantasy basketball trade deadlines. So we have some sneaky trade targets, uh, mostly second round categories. For you guys. Uh, so, Shannon, do you want to kick things off with a guy we mentioned earlier? Yeah, as mentioned earlier, Larry Nance, he's been a popular target for me uh, personally. Uh, main reason why I'm trying to get him is for his steals. Um, he, he's averaging about one and a half per game in 20, 26 minutes per game this season. Obviously, if he gets more minutes, that will go up. Um, but it's rare. You know, you've also got a guy who, who can give you double digit rebounds. So it's rare to have that combination of rebounds and steals. Um, you know, it, it, to be seen how many minutes he'll receive moving forward. But if you need steals, 
he's a guy you can probably get it at a decent rate via trade. Yeah, yeah, and he's um, he's he's someone that I, I think a lot of guys on this list too are are low enough on the fantasy rankings to where you generally aren't that you can usually swap category for category and it's people aren't going to like freak out about the overall talent level. Yeah. And that's in general, you know, that's kind of when you're making trades, especially at this point in the season, you have like 20, each team has like 24 games left. Um, You really need to look at your deficiencies, target those categories um, and trade on wherever you have a surplus. So for me, when I trade that I made last week to acquire Nance, I had a surplus of points. And Brandon Ingram was basically worthless on my team. There was no, I didn't need his 18 points per game. Um, he didn't do much in other categories. So I had a guy, found, found an owner who needed points and was willing to give up Nance. Um, it's those kind of swaps that make tons of sense at the trade deadline. Uh, for, for my guys, I'm going to focus on rebounds a little bit. Uh, a guy we mentioned last week, Cody Zeller, uh, is averaging 9.6 rebounds over the past five games. Uh, also important to know, he's played 30 minutes in each of the past two games, which is uh, unusual for him. Um, throughout his career, he hasn't gone over 27 minutes a game in a season. Uh, but the Hornets are pretty desperate to make the playoffs. And uh, so I think he'll see as much run as he can get. But he's a guy, yeah, over that five-game stretch, 11 points, 9.6 rebounds, 2.2 assists, a steal. Uh, he's another guy like I alluded to earlier, where you can, if you have a, let's say you have a point guard who's a solid assist guy, solid three-point guy, you should be able to make that argument. Just swap that guy for Zeller, get yourself some rebounds, um, and you're not going to, you know, you'll you'll get a nice little, you, you won't lose a ton in assists. He'll keep you afloat in assists and steals. So um, good field goal percentage always throughout his career. Um, so I, I think we'll, we'll see this continue moving forward uh, for Zeller. Um, Ken, you have a couple three-point specialists for us. Yeah, Terrence Ross, Lando getting a lot of minutes lately. He's uh, averaging 18 points a game over the last uh, 11 contests. And, you know, I've been uh, – I keep waiting for the Eric Gordon breakout this year. There's no depth in Houston. The CP3 injury is always around the corner. Uh, and and I assume they'll be resting those guys some. But uh, Gordon's get got the green light. Both are cheap three-point guys uh, if you need threes. And then to add to kind of Shannon Steele's, I'm a Patrick Beverly fan. He's starting every night now for the Clippers. He's always been a hungry dog on defense. Last 30 games, he's averaged 1.2 steals a game while uh, giving you nine points, six rebounds, and four assists. Six rebounds from a guard, pretty good, and great percentages for Beverly. Um, so those are some... Uh, those are my kind of sneaky trades or, or uh, pick free agent pickups in smaller leagues. Yeah, here, here are a few other guys that I'm targeting um, for, for blocks first. Uh, Mitchell Robinson with the Knicks. Um, that's what he does. He wakes up in the morning and he starts blocking shots. <laughs> Cantor's uh, gone. Yeah, no Cantor, Cantor. Cantor's gone. DeAndre, they don't have a ton of incentive to give heavy minutes to DeAndre Jordan. I think I think Mitch Robinson will continue to see more minutes as the season wears on, uh, and then Jonathan Isaac. Um, we talked about Isaac a little bit last week, I believe, but he's been an absolute beast. Um, after after you know the, through the first half of the season, I argued I was arguing he was one of the most disappointing fantasy players. Uh, 
for the year, but he's been a top 30 fantasy player in eight category leagues the past month, um, averaging 3.5 combined steals and blocks, 2.3 blocks, 1.2 steals, 13 and 7, 1.5 three-pointers, great percentages. Um, but it's really it's those those defensive numbers that jump out. So he's a guy, if you have an owner who you know has a surplus in blocks, they might be willing to trade him, especially if they need something like scoring or assist. So, so Isaac's a good target there. Um, and I'll hit up assist really quick as well. Uh, Trey Young, one of our favorites, or one of my favorites to talk about at least, has been just killing it, especially with assist in the past month or so. Um, I believe past 30 days, he's like third in the league. He, he's averaging over 10 assists per game. Um, so that's, that's something where other owners might not realize he's at that clip in recent games and you might be able to get him on a somewhat of a discount. The, the shooting percentage is still a concern. So depending on your league format, you know, keep that in mind. If you do go for young, um, Jeff Teague is the other guy. This is a a Ken favorite. Jeff Teague. Anyone anyone who's like <laughs> keep waiting, keep waiting who, all year. Yeah. Any anyone who's close to having gray hairs probably probably a Ken Kreitz <laughs> favorite. So so Jeff Teague is. I, t- I think he's back. I think he's back. <laughs> Gotta be back. Gotta be. Finally, I mean, come the, on now. The last two games before the break, he had nineteen four Ouch. and ten, and twenty seven three and twelve. And he played 35 and 38 minutes. That It was kind of the minutes. It, it, one, he was injured, had a lot of minor injuries. Then you had Derrick Rose with his little resurgence earlier this year. But it looks like Teague's back. And if Teague, it should also be noted, the Timberwolves won both of those games. They are going to probably try to make a playoff push. It's hopeless, but... Uh, you know, I think they're going to try to win games. Shooter as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I like Teak. Just got his, just hasn't been healthy. He he legit. He's a major. Yeah, if he continues to play thirty five minutes, I mean, he's a legit double digit assist guy per game. Yeah, yeah. Um, for another guy for boards, this is a little bit of a deep cut, so there's a chance you might be able to just pick him up off the waiver wire. Uh, it's Ed Davis, uh, backup center for the for the Nets. Um, well, actually, one of the best offensive rebounders in the league by offensive gotcha. rebounding percentage, uh, averaging 8.7 boards over the past 12 games, uh, getting 19 minutes per game over that stretch. Good field goal percentage guy. Again, um, like I said, it's kind of a it's kind of a deep cut, but uh, he is a guy who should be on your wire. If he's not, I don't think he'll take that much for you to get Davis. And uh, he, he's just he's just been solid all year. Honestly, he's not going to get you that many blocks, but it's utterly amazing to me how no one boxes out Ed Davis. Like the guy has one skill, and yet people—he's so boring. People still forget about him, even though that's what he does. Like, like the coaching would be so simple. Oh, your your man's Davis. Look, just box the man out, please, please. He had like 38 offensive rebounds in the last game against the Celtics, which was driving me absolutely insane. They just forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a and he's a guy too where, you know, uh, on the off chance uh, Jared Allen gets hurt, I mean Ed Davis would it, it would be huge. I mean uh, he's he has uh, five games this season with over fifteen rebounds. Um, he can he could definitely pop off that way. Um, but Ken, do you want to wrap things up uh, with some assists and steals, guys? 
Uh, well, I kind of already dove into that. I think I think we're done with this segment. Oh, uh, right. I mentioned Beverly. Uh, I'm big on Jeff Teague. Got to be healthy now. He's going to get monster minutes in Minnesota. I think, gentlemen, it's time for us to move on to your sage daily fantasy advice for all the contests on DraftKings this evening. Uh, I'll start. You know, I like to start with who are my cheapo guys that help me uh, then have fun picking some stars. My cheapo special is going to be Avery Bradley, only thirty eight hundred, um, playing for Memphis. Uh, he's starting since that odd trade with the Clippers. Uh, you know uh, they have very few scoring options in Memphis. Con- uh, Bradley has averaged thirty eight fantasy points over the last two games. Jaron Jackson is actually questionable tonight, which takes away yet another scoring option. They got a ton of injuries on Memphis, uh, so. And thirty hundred is just so ridiculously cheap. I, I I just couldn't figure out how not to play Bradley tonight. So I'm going to piggyback on your Jaron Jackson being questionable. Uh, Valanciunas mm-hmm. is also out. So the first person I plugged in my lineup on DraftKings was was our boy Rob Rab Ivan Rab. Rob. Uh, Fifty six hundred. He you know with Valanciunas out, he should see thirty minutes tonight. Um, as we saw before the trade deadline when Gasol was sitting. I mean, this dude's basically a walking double-double when he gets 30 minutes. So, you know, 35 yeah. to 40 fancy points is in play. Only like 5,900 or something? I've got 50, him in my lineup, too. 5,600. 56, yeah. yeah. Um, he should be a Russian operative of that name. Like, Ivan, go poison that journalist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, you're bad good. Take. You're good. Uh, <laughs> another guy, DeMar DeRozan. Revenge game? Going to Toronto. Oh! Going to Toronto. This one's in Toronto. He posted 62 points against Toronto in San Antonio earlier this year. He's going to top that tonight because he's actually in Toronto. And you know he's going to want to show up for those fans, let them know who's the boss. I mean, is he going to top 62 fantasy points? Probably not. But I will be I will be amazed if he doesn't hit 50. Like I, He's just the type of dude who has a chip on his shoulder, and he will go out there and ball out tonight. Uh, um, an injury to keep an eye on is uh, Miles Turner, who is questionable uh, for uh, for the Pacers game tonight against the Pelicans. And so whenever Turner is questionable, that's when you look to Demonis Sabonis. Uh, and he's only 5,500. Uh, the over-under for this game is 220.5. So uh, that's pretty solid. And yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know what's been cheaper than Rob actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he continues to go down in price. Um, you know, there there's a point this year when Turner was missing a lot of games, and and Sabonis was up around seven thousand um, dollars. You know, he's he has thirty or more fantasy points in two of the last three games, three of the last six games, and, and his price still goes down because he's only playing about twenty two to twenty six minutes per game. Uh, but I'm with you. I've got Sabonis in my lineup um, with the assumption that Turner's out. If Turner plays, I'll probably remove him. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Ken, do you have any more guys for us? Um, well, uh, $4,800, i am intrigued by Dario Saric, who's starting for the T-Wolves now. They've been giving gradually giving Gibson less minutes, um, and the over-under of that game is 220 so I'm intrigued at 4,800, pretty cheap price. Nick's not a big fan of defense or of carrying at this point. So um, 
I'm intrigued by what Sarge might be able to do for the two oves at that ch- cheap price. Sure. Um, anybody else for you, Shannon? Yeah, we talked about Jeff Teague earlier. Um, like I said, coming off two big games before the break. He's only at 5,900 right now. That's an absolute steal. Uh, Luke Kennard is one of the cheap guys I like. 4,000 on DraftKings. He played 36 minutes in the final game before the break. I don't expect more than like 25 to 30 fancy points, but if the minutes are there, he should provide decent value. Uh, Julius Randle. With uh, the news that Anthony Davis is going to see limited playing time going forward, there's going to be plenty of games he sits out. We'll have to see what happens for tonight's game. Uh, But Randall should be in position to just have a monster finish down the stretch here. He had a 60-point fantasy outing before the break. Um, 7,400 is pretty decent price for a guy that has 50, 60-point upside. Yep, uh, I'm going to wrap things up very quickly. Uh, one of the more top-tier guys, Blake Griffin, is going up against the Hawks. Um, we'll see if they can guard him. Uh, he's got he's only 8,900. Pretty good price for Griffin, especially if you happen to get the double-double bonus. Um, he's a candidate for a triple-double, too. Um, but, yeah, 50 fantasy points over the past two games. I, I actually will say the Hawks, those are I've watched both the games that the Pistons played against him. The first game, it was such a blowout. The Pistons were up by like 20 points in the first quarter. Sure. And Blake had like eight, five, and four after one. Yeah. And he didn't do anything the rest of the game because he didn't need to. <laughs> didn't I mean, need to. It, was, it, was one, it was before the Hawks really found their groove. This we'll say the Hawks are a little better. This they're, year, oh, they're you know, way different. Us. And they yeah. actually they shut Blake Griffin oh. down the second game. Okay. Um, so I, it's, you no, know, he, I mean, that's worth noting. I, it's worth noting. I think, I think he's still a solid play. Um, but he hasn't, you know, if, if it's a close game, I feel more comfortable about it. Um, it is in Atlanta, Detroit's not that good. So I'm not sure what the line's at, but you know, Detroit's probably only favored by like a couple points. Uh, yeah. Three and a half. Um, which is says, I, I don't know what team that says more about, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the second guy I just want to quickly mention Trevor Reza is only 5,900. Uh, we we did mention him. Year old. Yeah, we we mentioned him earlier in the podcast for uh, for different reasons. But it'd be great if he and Jeff Green like had walking strollers, like in, in the game intros, or a cane as they went to the middle of the court for your Washington Wizards. Just the brutal honesty uh, would be refreshing. Um, <laughs> but just from a minutes perspective, Trevor Reese is a guy who you can put in your lineup almost every single night uh, over the past. Uh, over the past six games, averaging 36 minutes a night and 35 fantasy points, um, which is because which is overvalued. Don't hurt you in daily. Percentages don't hurt you in daily. They do not. Um, but with that, we are going to slide into Ken's old man rant. Thompson, Nikola Vucevic, and both Morris twins. Then later that year, at the number 18 pick, he took Chris Singleton, missing out on Jimmy Butler. Tobias Harris, and Nikola Miritich. In 2009, Grunfeld traded a first-round pick for, get this, Randy Foy and Mike Miller. Randy Foy and Mike Miller! That pick turned into the number five overall pick, which the T-Wolves used for Ricky Rubio. In 2016, he spent a combined $106 million dollars 
on multi-year deals for Ian Mahimi, Andrew Nicholas, and Jason Smith. Can you remember one highlight of those three players? In over 15 years, he has zero seasons with 50-plus wins. And that's in the East. How many terrible years has the East had over the last 15 years? And he's never made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. All of Washington's first-round draft picks from the last five years, from 2013 on, they have led to what is now Trevor Ariza, Bobby Portis, and Jabari Parker. It's probably both probably gone after this year. And Wesley Johnson's contract. Next year, it's going to be just Ariza for five years of first-round picks. Plus, he was the GM when they wore gold LeMay uniforms. He's been there almost 16 years. And you're going to trust him with a rebuild? Ernie Grunfeld must go. So I do remember a sweet 12-foot jump shot that Jason Smith made a couple years ago. That was especially. Um, Also, I am going... There was 30 seconds left in a 20-point blowout, and Jason Smith just drained it. (laughs) I'm actually going to defend the Foy-Miller trade. Wow. At the time... At the time, because they brought in Flip Saunders to coach, right? Wasn't Didn't he come in to coach, or who was the coach? Ken, does that? That sounds right, doesn't it? I think it sounds right. I I looked up, but yeah. Um, They brought in Flip Saunders. They had some other good pieces. Foy was still young with considerable upside. Um, Mike Miller was... That was the Karan Butler years, I think. Yeah. Like they were, they were actually trying to make a push on paper. I liked it. I liked what they were doing at the time. Now, very quickly, it turned out to be the wrong move. Uh, <laughs> very but, quickly. But on paper, I, 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 I liked you know it what? at the time. If you're a GM for 15 years, the sheer quantity of decisions you have to make, you're going to make a few bad ones, right? And any one of the ones I listed, you could explain. But the list is just so long. It's just atrocious. It's just – and now they're going to let him do the rebuild. He's cleaning up his own mess. That's kind of ridiculous. He's very bad. He should be gone. Do he you, should have been gone a long time ago. Do you guys want to guess who led that uh, Washington team in total minutes? In 2009? Yeah. 2008? Antoine Jameson? Yeah, I think it was Jameson because Butler had some injury issues, if I recall, during his run. In total minutes? Andre Blatch. Oh, yeah. Andre, second round pick. <laughs> Not a great way to get to the get to the uh, playoffs. I think civil violations. Also, I think in uh, he also led the team in like time spent uh, in the slammer. That I don't have. That basketball reference doesn't. I don't see that tab. It should. But yeah, yeah. Blatch oh. was an interesting character. All right. I'll send out a tweet to them. Ask. Um, so we do have some mispronounced names this time around early in the podcast it was Harry Giles, which happens is Harry Giles. Um, and then the rant. Oh, it's Shannon. Oh, it's Shannon. Oh, was that you, Shannon? I said Giles. You said, Ken, you said Giles or whatever. I, I said Giles. It's Giles. Oh, I did. Talk. I didn't think Come I talked now. about the Kings, but I did talk about the Kings. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then the rant. I'm sorry to tell you this, Ken. The rant had two mispronounced names. Oh, of course it did. Plus, where the anger is going, that's when I really screw things up. Um, you said Jan Vesely. Uh, yes, it's Jan Vesely. Uh, and then 
His uh, name isn't. It's not worth pronouncing properly. No, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, very easy to mistake. It's actually not Ian Mahinmi. It's Jan Mahinmi. Yeah, I haven't gotten that right. Yeah, that's a career. that that right. one's tough. Just leave uh, that there. So I'll screw that up next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, slightly abbreviated version, um, presented by DraftKings. Ken, take us out of here. Yeah, for today's quote, let's go to OKC. So last year, Russell Westbrook, uh, when asked what was going through his mind after dunking on recently traded Von Maker, he said, quote, nothing. I do that. That's what I do. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. 